Hello there. I know I skipped another week, okay? Okay, I can see what you're trying to tell me. Um, remember, I said I was going through finals. I was doing things. Um, I was taking a break, y'all, okay? I had 15 credits, and guess what? Your girl got straight A's. And just barely at that. It was streaming that really kicked my patootie wooty. So there's that. Um, I'm I'm not going to turn this into a crime podcast, or at least mentally. Uh, I'm not 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 particularly planning on turning this into a crime podcast. However, here we are, yet again. You know the subject title. Why women are into serial killers. I wanted to do an explorative topic today, um, so. I'm going to kind of go into why first we like true crime. At the very basic level, it's a form of escapism. I mean, if we look at the format of the shows themselves, they're dramatic. They have a man narrating with a deep, sultry voice. This was just like every other day. Then, 4 p.m. struck, and Karen was kidnapped. Let's think about... This, the, the cinematic, the cinematic piece of it, it's interesting, it's compelling, it's a story written much like superhero stories. There's good, there's bad, there's moral compass, there's so many things that make it a, a, just a story, to be frank. I mean, a lot of us just like enjoying it, and I mean, sometimes victims escape, sometimes they don't, um, which brings me to my next point. We see indulging in these true crime shows as a, we see it as an educational opportunity, as crimes are mainly committed against women. Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk? Um, I saw this hilarious TikTok of this girl, and she was saying, um, when are women going to fucking step up? Men commit 90% of the murders. When are we going to step up and start making that a 50-50? And I have to say, I wholeheartedly agree. Okay, for legal reasons, that was a joke. Thank you. <laughs> but we can learn from... <clears throat> we can learn from these uh, crime shows. Um, either how to survive or, let's be honest, no matter how many crime shows you have uh, watched... You still could die. So how do we get enough evidence under our feet, our fingernails to fucking crush that person that's hurting us? Get them put in jail. Now, granted, if you can't find our body, you can't find our body. So it's going to be real hard. But how are we going to convict this person if we're dead? I'm going to rip out hair. I'm going to dig my claws into them, rip their eyeballs out. I'm going to do what I can to survive. And I'm going to make sure that there's enough of my DNA evidence around their house, their car, literally everywhere. I shed so much. It's like owning a fucking golden retriever, okay? There is no way that anyone could possibly murder me without getting hair everywhere. You will find my DNA evidence just solely because I shed like a dog. Besides being a puzzle, it's also a form of gossip. I love gossip. Tell me all the details. But... Um, men have ruined gossiping for us. Okay, gossiping is fun. 
it can definitely be toxic, no lie, but um, they made it seem like a lower form of intelligence um, to discuss gossiping stuff, things, instead of, you know, ideas, blah, 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 okay? Gossiping was a form of survival, okay? When we were out picking berries, we were exchanging survival secrets, okay? The, this whole world population would not have survived without gossiping. How do you think we have transferred so much knowledge and history of not only plants, but stories, culture? It's from gossiping, okay? So anyways, it's a higher form of gossip, much like history. Um, it's more academic, um, shall we say? Another thing while I was doing my research on the interwebs was from the author of Savage Appetite. I did not grab her name because, well, whoops, I'm so sorry, ma'am. The female author of Savage Appetite wrote, I think a lot of true crime fandom, especially for women, exists in this zone between privilege and vulnerability. To enjoy it, you need to be privileged enough to not live it your daily reality. If it's your own life, it's hard to find it entertaining, but also enough aware that your own vulnerability to emphasize, em empathize, you know what I'm saying. To me, this, this um, quote says quite a bit about the demographic of um, crime, because when you actually look at like who really is into these true crime shows, it's predominantly white women, um, middle class, and they tend to, you know, be 20 and above. So they are in a place of priv <laughs> they are in a place of privilege to enjoy crime because I mean if you are for example Native American or Indigenous or Black woman or Latin woman or trans woman I mean I'm not saying they're not interested in it obviously it is to it is up to the individual but they're the ones that actually have the most crime against them. Same with like sex workers and things. Like if it's in your everyday life, why would you enjoy fucking listening to some man talk about how a woman was murdered? You ain't gonna, you are not gonna enjoy that. So I thought that that was just an interesting perspective that I wanted to bring to the forefront of this conversation, which while I am some, I am somewhat serious about it, 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 it everything's a joke to me, honestly. So um, I'm exploring this topic because I'm nosy. I want to know. I do think it's interesting, slightly funny, but also there is a very serious element to it, and I wanted to bring that attention to this portion of the podcast. Let's get into the meat and potatoes, baby. Why do women fall in love with serial killers? I don't get it. How did Ted Bundy get a woman? I mean, he already had a woman, but she didn't know about his... Uh, tendencies. But how did he get a woman while on trial for multiple murders? My source here um, for quite a few of these, not all of them, is um, from Psychology Today, Catherine Ramslin, um, who has a PhD and is a professor of forensic psychology, uh, just so y'all know. I mean, I'm going to move quickly past these first ones. Um, obviously, mental illness, uh, movie deals, uh, they're famous, therefore they're attractive, uh, very basic ones. I mean the famous one we could get into, but I'm not going to. I would like to move on to other things like the savior complex. Women have this need to fix, to heal, to 
to gentle a man's roughness. Um, they see the potential because we all know us women love falling in love with potential and not reality. Uh, this very easily links into empathy. Um, Ted Bundy's girlfriend, while he was on trial, she kept being like, he's being untreated, he's being treated unfairly by the media and by the court. She eventually realized how guilty he was and left after having a child with him. Not a great look, but I mean, at least she kind of came to her senses eventually. Um, another reason is these men that are killers are seen as an alpha male. If everything went to hell, the apocalypse happened. Zombies are out there. He ain't afraid to kill. He ain't afraid to hurt. He will protect and he will provide. That is what uh, I feel like a lot of these women are thinking, that he can protect and provide for her, when in fact I don't, I don't know if they necessarily realize that they could be even the victim of his next crime if we, he were to be let out um, of prison. Speaking of prison, he's in prison. He's the perfect boyfriend. You just need me to write letters and like come see you once a month? Amazing. I know where you are. Very little work. I don't have to cook for you. I don't have to do anything. It's very fantasy driven. Like it's more, you're more stimulated, in my opinion, it's that they're more stimulated by the idea of this person and that mental image is what keeps them going and there's no sexual contact or very little of it, which could be, you know, someone who is asexual or who had trauma in their past and does not want to have another male sexual partner or um, they just don't want to do it with someone, you know? And I'm not saying in this saying that all serial killers are men, only men murder. I'm not saying that, but I am saying statistically they are the most likely. So that is why I'm focusing on woman in love with murderous men. This last point I want to bring up is eroticism, the explosive sex when they meet, because they're only meeting once a year, maybe if that. Um, so of course it's going to be pretty dang explosive because he's been in prison. He ain't seen or touched a woman in a long time. And again, she's already built up this fantasy of him and how it's going to go. And they've written so many, like, maybe letters or phone calls. And um, they've had a lot of that foreplay, we should call it. So it's that mental stimulation and then paired with that, you know, once a year visit. He loves me. He loves me, so he won't hurt me. But he'll hurt others. So that also, that, that idea gives her an air of superiority, which, again, in my mind, I think of that as a form of eroticism. It's her ego speaking. Like, he won't hurt me because he loves me. And that's attractive because he loves me enough to control himself. This one, I think, is, however, unlikely, but I am sure that it is out there that this woman who is in love with a serial killer she also has murderous, gross, disgusting fantasies and she idolizes him because he has done it before and she's too scared, nervous, cautious, whatever, to go through and commit these crimes that are being fantasized about in her head, potentially even with him. Um, I don't know if any of you have heard of the uh, Barbie and Ken, Ken and Barbie murders. Uh, they're from Canada. Basically, this dude was fucking sick, okay? Okay. 
and he really emotionally abused his girlfriend, and she, I'm gonna be honest, I think she was fucking sick too, because she wholeheartedly participated in a lot of these things. I think the abuse definitely affected her, but she was gross as well, and this is also, like, the most lenient sentence, um, a serial killer, I believe, has gotten, um, and, like, so this was in Canada, and I think a lot of Canadians wish that they had found these tapes or whatever that showed everything that they were doing to their victims before they had just given her this deal of a fucking lifetime. She's not in prison. He's been in prison for life. She's out of prison. As far as I know, she's not committed any murders, so I'd really love to know where her mental space is right now, What, why she says that um, she committed these murders with her boyfriend. Lastly, I think there is a huge risk getting involved with these people, and it gives these women either adrenaline rushes, or it's the very classic, I told you not to do it, and you did it. I'm telling you not to, so you're going to do the opposite. I think that is also a very big thing, is is just that, that adrenaline, that dopamine rush, that can be very addictive, and, um, I mean, think about it. Some of these guys in prison, they just, you know, they're lonely, and if this woman shows them attention, they're going to try to give her a lot of attention, and I think that that need for attention also fuels their continuation of the relationship, their, their need to continuously write and see them, and oftentimes financially support them in prison, because it still costs money to be in prison. So that risk is also erotic. It is, it's, you're not supposed to do it, but you're doing it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like doing it in an art museum. Lots of people have probably done it. I mean, this is not the case when it comes to falling in love with prisoners, but it's out in public, and it's risky, it's adrenaline, it's, it's all these things that make it more exciting, more addictive, and therefore they stay or even become a part of this man's life. So they either enter into it because of this risk or, you know, they were with him when he was on the outside, and then he went on the inside, and then they continued to stay with him because of the risk, the don't do it, but you're still going to do it, the forbidden, the forbiddenness of it. While I personally cannot say that I have or will ever fall in love with a man who is a prisoner um, or a convicted murderer, I will say I did know a girl who I believe she met him when he was on the outside, and she stayed with him for like six months while he was on the inside of prison. She wanted, and this was in high school, okay? We were minors. She wanted to give him something real nice to keep him thinking about her. So she took some scantily cladly dressed. She took, she, okay, she took nudes, okay? Um, I think she's still clothes. Whatever. I'm not going to detail the nude for you. You don't need to know. Um, she took some photos of herself and then mailed them to him, got to him in prison, and then he traded those photos for, like, I don't remember what it was. It was something really dumb, though. He traded her photos in prison of a, of a minor. I'm honestly, I wish that man was also convicted of, um, solicitating child pornography and the distribution of it, because fuck him. Um, she was very clearly being emotionally manipulated by this man, even while in prison, just via letters. I guess they had some phone calls too, but like, really? This man needs to be convicted again. We need to get him 
in there a little longer. But that was my own personal encounter with this. And I guess the real kicker of this this uh, little story is that this girl that I knew, we were in our psychology class. And we had that class together. And she was telling us about it. I just remember thinking, not, not, not a good move. Not a good move at all. Um, I can't tell you what to do because, again, if I tell you not to do it, you're going to do it. And that is, that is the end of the story, um, is that they broke up, and I'm sure it scarred her, unfortunately. So, as always, uh, you know I want to know what your thoughts are. Please tell me your thoughts. Please message me on Instagram at meglagoof, M-E-G-L-A-G-O-O-F. Or you can also follow Clickety Clack's Instagram. Um, it's just clickety.clack on the IG, um, and you can definitely message me there, and I will totally respond. I love hearing your guys' feedback. Um, please make sure you subscribe, and uh, that is it for this episode. Um, let me know. I want to make a part two of this, but I'm not really sure how. I also am going to do um, another story about um, an encounter with two encounters with pedophiles. Uh, this is not, again, this is not going to be a true crime podcast. Um, but I am highly interested in it because I do fit that demographic to AT. So um, I'm sure there will be more episodes on this next week, hopefully. So, clickety clack, let's talk some smack or serial killers or whatever. I hope you have a wonderful day.